Hello everyone, welcome back to Just The Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. Today's episode is with someone who constantly makes me want to eat dessert all day, every day. Jenna Barnard, the creator of Butternut Bakery. There's a very high chance you have seen and drooled over Jenna's recipes over on social media, being that she has 2 million followers combined on Instagram and TikTok. Jenna started the blog as a way to share her passion for baking. That kind involves flour, butter, and sugar, you know, the standard baking stuff. But a year in, she developed and since has healed some digestive issues and discovered plot twists. She has a sensitivity to gluten and dairy. That is why she's also so passionate about creating desserts for all diets. With Butternut Bakery, you will find a mix of traditional and modified recipes to satisfy every sweet tooth. And I have a running list now in my phone of what recipes I want to make of hers. They all look absolutely amazing. I hope you guys love this episode as much as I enjoyed our conversation with Jenna. Please go follow her over on Instagram and TikTok, snag all of her recipes on her blog, and let us know what you think of this episode. As always, I'd love to hear from you. And if you do enjoy this conversation, share it with a friend, rate and review the podcast, iTunes and Spotify. I absolutely love to hear from you. Just a heads up, I'm a little under the weather and I my mm. voice is a little wonky. So it's if I'm keep coughing or clearing my throat, I'll do my best to not do so on the microphone, but want to totally just like fine. You know, that was my... me a few days ago. So <laughs> did Europe just like suck it all out of you? What happened? Yes. Your trip looked amazing, by the way. I think. Yeah, it was so much fun, but like jet lag killed me. So I think I got like jet lag sickness. I think that's a thing. Because I just wasn't sleeping. So my immune system was just plummeted. Uh, and I got like a really stuffy, like runny nose and a dry throat. It only lasted like three days. So I can't even imagine having the time change though, if you think about it, Jordan, like going from Europe to Arizona because yeah, it's, it's like two hours. Yeah. That's like, mm. it's already like a little wonky for us being in New Jersey. Yeah. Like you like really eat shit. <laughs> yeah, doing that. It's like, I think it's like an eight hour difference. Yeah, oh, wow. eight hours. Was your trip fun though? Oh, it was so much fun. I'm like, like it's exhausting being there because you're just constantly going, 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 going. So I was glad to come home and like relax. But now I'm like back in America and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Europe is just so much nice. It's nice, so. but it's like we're like the two of us, like we're good there for like two weeks. And then, yeah. We and we're so happy to, at least I am. I think you relate to this. Bit. Yeah, not as much as you do, but I I don't know. Like I'm like happy living here. <laughs> like there's a lot of things I don't like love about our country, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not trying to talk about that right now. But like when I go to Europe and then I come home, it's like we really like get shit done, you know? Like yeah. it's it's a great place, but Europe's a great place to vacation. And yeah. like Yeah. I was gonna I ask you this uh later, but since we're on the topic of Europe, can you talk about your uh dairy and gluten experience there? Oh my gosh, that was weird. I was so scared to try bread because I haven't had legit yeah. bread in so long. And I was like, I'm on vacation. If I have a reaction, this is going to be bad. And the last time I tried gluten was when we went to Tulum for a honeymoon. And that was a year and a half ago. And I was fine for a little bit. And the last day I got sick. But I also think I might have got sun poisoning. So I couldn't decide what it was. So I was like, <laughs> Is it the gluten or was it the sun? I have no idea. So this time around, I was a little scared. Um, but yeah, I think like two days in in London, I had like a slice of sourdough bread and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, interesting. And then I had like a couple bites of my husband's pasta another time and then nothing happened. And I was like, okay. And then I was just 
there was one dinner, they had this big chunk of like crusty, delicious bread in the middle of the table. And I had like two big pieces of it and I was fine. So dairy, I ate dairy throughout. Dairy doesn't usually give me too many issues. It just gives me like acne, which happened, but whatever. But yeah, the gluten there, I don't know. I don't know what they do with it. But <laughs> the flour, I was like totally fine. It was so strange. Yeah, we we were in uh, Italy last year and I haven't had gluten in like two years at that point. And I'm like, I'm just going to go all out. And Rachel's <laughs> like, I'm not dealing with you and you're complaining and who knows what's going to happen right. to you. So then I was like, all talk, no action. But then Rachel got pizza and I took a, I had like a slice and I felt fine. And then I did it one or two other times, like similar to you. And I was... You took like bites of things. Yeah, I was, yeah. I wasn't great, but I wasn't like as bad as I was for sure eating it at home that's for sure yeah that's because are you, you just sensitive or do you have celiac I more or less have celiac I haven't gotten mm. the like yeah, endoscopy test but I did go to a um gastro you, you tested positive and, and for I, the... yeah I had like the DNA markers for it and stuff yeah so do I and the guy was like do you really want to get knocked out and me take a sample of your intestines and i was like not really so he's like don't, he's like just don't bother so did you right i mean it makes you feel crappy either way so why not right. just so, avoid right. it that was like his saying he's like you clearly do better without it so right well we'll definitely dive more into your personal gluten story because i'm like genuinely curious about it because i didn't <laughs> even realize that you made gluten-free recipes until like yeah a couple months ago but Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I feel like I'm a newer follower to yours where I started maybe like six months ago mm-hmm. or less. And you just like got me with those decadent looking desserts <laughs> on my Discover page. And then you kept coming up. I'm like, who the heck is this person? And then I started following you. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have like a, such a creative and like beautiful dessert mind. And oh, everything's like such a work of art. And it like looks like, like like it looks like someone could actually make it at home. I mean, probably not mm-hmm. as beautiful as like how you can do it, but like not that pop tart, like cinnamon brown sugar cinnamon. Yeah, like, I definitely. I'm like I can't even make that thing. But, <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, Rachel does not have the patience. Not have patience. I have zero patience. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to bring you on the podcast, and I'd love to start off by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. So my name is Jenna. Um, I run the blog Barnett Bakery. I share all things desserts, mostly approachable desserts. And also uh, cocktails and mocktails is something I'm starting to introduce, which is really exciting. But yeah, I've been running the blog since I think technically 2018, but I kind of started sharing things on Instagram in 2017. Um, And I ran alongside my full-time job for about two years until I decided I could quit and do it full-time. I think this is my third year now running the blog full-time. So which is crazy. I think five years have already passed. Weird. (laughs) Where did your passion for the baking come from? Was it something you were always doing on the side and and enjoying and just not realizing that like you can make a career from it? Oh yeah. I, I was always the person bringing desserts to like every event, even if no one asked for it. I remember I showed up to my first day of my full-time job, my first full-time job after college the whole thing of cupcakes. And my boss was like, why did you bring this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why not? But yeah, it's just always kind of been my thing. I didn't grow up baking too much. My mom was more so like quick, easy baking mix, blow it together and you're done kind of thing. 
but we would make homemade gingerbread cookies every year for Santa. And that was like the one thing that we did homemade from scratch. I look forward to it every single year. And that I think was the spark that kind of started everything. So yeah, gingerbread cookies and then cupcakes and then on here. <laughs> so when did you start sharing your recipes on Instagram? Like what made you all of a sudden be like, I'm going to make cookies and post them on the internet? Right. Well, it was... Well, at the time I was living in Chicago, my first full-time job, and I was miserable. Um, I've always been like a creative mind and working in like a corporate job just never sit right with me. I always felt so out of place. And I needed some sort of creative outlet. And I'd always been baking. So I thought, why don't we just kick this into full gear and do this every weekend? Because it's what brings me joy right now. So I would just make other recipes. They weren't even my recipes. And I would just share pictures of them on my personal Instagram. And then people started asking me for the recipes. And then I started kind of like working and developing my own recipes, which I did prior a few summers. I I made some cakes for my grandma's birthday, my dad's birthday, and they were so dry and disgusting. (laughs) So it was my first like experience with making my own recipe from scratch. So uh, yeah, I just kind of like dove headfirst into it. After that, I started my own Instagram account. So I didn't bother everyone on my personal who didn't care. And yeah. And at that time, I think even when I started that Instagram account, I didn't even realize what a food blog was. I didn't know what you could do with it. I didn't know it could be a career. I just had no idea. I mean, of course, I was like on Pinterest looking at recipes of other people's websites at the time. But I didn't like connect that I was like, Oh, this is like their career. This is what they do. And so yeah, after that kind of clicked for me, I just dove at first and I just never looked back. So I was the focus always on trying for different like dietary preferences or did that sort of evolve um, with your own personal story? Yeah. So about a year into creating the blog is when I started having digestive issues a lot of bloating, a like painful bloating discomfort. I'd never had that in my life or black knee. I didn't know what was going on. Eventually it took so much, so many different doctors and everything to figure out what was wrong with me. And I had um, some sort of digestive bacterial issue. So that led to a lot of sensitivities, especially gluten and dairy. So that was kind of a shock to my world because at that time I was just making cakes and brownies and cookies the standard way. That's all I knew. And I was like, what am I going to do with my business? Because I can't eat gluten and dairy anymore. But I also have this audience who doesn't <laughs> have that same sort of dietary restriction. Right. But I still wanted to cater to them. I didn't want to abandon them. And also regular break, standard baking is what I know. So I had to completely learn a new way of baking, which was exciting. I actually really enjoyed it because it helped, you know, switch up the creativity a little bit. So yeah, so now I do a mix of both. So I do standard and modified recipes so that I can kind of like combine my two worlds. So when you're making something that has gluten or dairy in it, are you able to like sample it? Or do you like have your mm. husband sample it? Or like, how do you know if it's good? Because like baking such a perfect science that you can tell things also like by looking like the texture, the consistency, yeah. like what do you do then? 
Yeah. I mean, luckily I was a year in. So I, at that time, got my footing and kind of understood like the textures and everything that everything needed to look and feel. And I think I'm pretty sure at first I would just take a bite and then be done. Like I would just do one bite and be done. But then over time, doctors are like, don't do that. (laughs) So now I just have to take a bite and then spit it out, which is very sad. But when it is a gluten and dairy for recipe, I am eating. I'm eating the crap out of things. So because <laughs> it's you, all I can get. Did you find it was really hard to learn? Like if you're as a if you're a traditional baker, was it hard for you to learn how to do things with gluten and dairy-free ingredients? It was there was definitely a learning curve. It was so interesting because I remember like I think one of my first recipes I tried to make gluten-free was a chocolate chip cookie. I'm pretty sure. And I want like chewy edges, a soft center. I don't want like some sort of cakey gluten-free cookie, which is what I was finding everywhere on the internet. And so I learned very quickly that it's very different, very, very different way of baking. So yeah, that's kind of going back to the saying that it kind of like helped spark a new way of creativity because I kind of had to approach my desserts in a completely different way. I had to kind of tweak so many different little things to try and recreate the textures that I know from my standard baking that I've always done to try to translate that into gluten and dairy free, which takes so much more testing. Mm-hmm. I think, what was it? Of I just did a vanilla. No, no, no. My gluten free cinnamon rolls. I did a whole series on like the testing of those. And it was a lot. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more steps than regular baking, but it's totally totally worth it. Because I find that those recipes are the most loved and praised by others because they're like, finally, you know, finally a gluten-free dessert that tastes the way I remember this dessert tasting before I had to, you know, cut out gluten. So those are the most rewarding recipes for me. What are some of your favorite gluten and dairy-free ingredients to bake with? Like your favorite flours or Mm -hmm. butter Mm -hmm. alternatives? So... I always try to go with a baking mix, like a gluten-free flour baking mix, because I don't want my audience to have to go out and buy like five different flours to make one thing, you know? Um, So I try to stick to that when I can, but there are some times where you use it and it gives like a a gritty texture to a dessert, which you probably are familiar with. So a lot of times I'll try to like supplement with like almond flour or something like that. Those are like the two main ones, flowers that I use. And then as far as butter, I love... I think Miyoko's is the name. Um, I just used that yesterday for the first time. Like their vegan butter for the first yeah. time. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. It's so good. And it's oh. so like minimal ingredients. It's not like margarine. It's I mean, it is, but it doesn't have all like the nasty oils in it, which I like. Um, so I use that one a lot. I feel like there's another anything basically that's like a butter stick. There are some out there that aren't very good, but um, but yeah, I think Neopus is the one I use the most. And then what about oils? Like if you do mm. you ever just like like I'll use avocado oil instead, or do you have like an oil sub if someone doesn't like vegan butters? Yeah, I suggest coconut oil just because it does like solidify mm-hmm. just like butter would. But if it's like a liquid oil, like I know a lot of times people want to replace inflammatory oils, so Olive oil is a great one. Avocado oil. I always just warn people that if you use those, you might get a slight taste in your dessert. You might be able to right. taste it a little bit, but it's not going to like overpower anything. So, 
What are your favorite, like your top five favorite gluten-free desserts on your site that you think mm. really like nail? Like I'm sure all of your recipes like nail, like I'm sure they're perfect, <laughs> but like that really replace like if someone like Jordan, like is obsessed with, I don't know, making some like devil's food cake, like mm-hmm. and he hasn't had one since like, what are like five gluten-free recipes that you think really like nail gluten-free? Mm. For sure, my gluten-free cinnamon rolls because they're like soft and pillowy and squishy. And when I was testing those, I was finding that like it was so easy to make them dense and dry. <laughs> so that was a really hard one. Right. Love those so, so much. My gluten-free vanilla cake, it tastes... It's so like light and fluffy and soft and moist. It tastes like vanilla box cake mix. Like it is so, so good. I'll try it. And then my, this is actually one of the first gluten-free recipes I ever made, but it's my gluten-free oatmeal chocolate chip cookies because they're like nice and soft and like chewy on the outside. They're not like thick and cakey. Yeah. I love those. I like forget about those. I need to make those soon. (laughs) Don't you like always like forget about recipes that are a few years old? Yes. Rachel says it all the time. She's like, oh, I have a recipe for that. I'm like, well, you've made recipes like 10 years. Well, the other day I'm like, oh, I really want to do like a vegan pumpkin cheesecake bar. I already have one. It's from like 2015. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, I could use a refresh. So like I'll redo it. But it's like sometimes it's so long ago that you, you forget. Yes. I know, like if someone ever asks me, like, what's a dessert I should make for such and such? I'm like, oh gosh, hang on, let me think. <laughs> There's so many. I don't even know what I have anymore. So yeah, just, refer them to, just refer them to your blog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so search, what, search bar. What was your full-time job before Butternut Bakery? So I hopped around three different jobs, but they were all in the marketing field. So the first one was a media buying agency. Where we bought like radio spots, TV spots, all that for um, advertisers. And then I worked for a like digital marketing company, which was so helpful with making my blog because I learned everything to do with WordPress because we also built out websites. Oh, yeah. So that was like so, so great working there. And then I switched to uh, billboard sales. So I like assisted the sales team in all of their transactions and stuff. And then that's where I quit my job and did Butter Bakery full time. And I, I guess once you were kind of doing them on parallel paths, what ultimately made you decide to, you know, take on Butternut Bakery full time? You said what decided? What yeah, I... it was it was like you were making enough money to say, you know, oh, I don't need another yeah. job anymore? Or was it just like I can't stand the corporate world anymore and I need to work for myself? <laughs> it was a little of both. Uh, I, yeah, I could not stand, like you had to request time off and stuff. I was like, what is in my life? You know, when you look at someone and you're like, wow, they are glowing. What is their secret? And I, can I please be let in on this ASAP? Well, recently I felt that way about my friend and I called her to see what the beep she was doing. And she says to me, Rachel, you've got to try the collagen that I'm taking. It has changed my life. Now, I thought that liquid collagen sounded really gimmicky, it was overhyped, but I figured, hey, why not give it a whirl? Worst case, it doesn't work and I don't need to take it anymore. Well, fast forward to a month later and I am shook over the results. And if my mom, who tells me I look tired after I get a full night of sleep, is telling me that I have a glow from this, I'm not kidding you, you know it is legitimate. Now, the key here with taking liquid collagen is the consistency, like most things in life. Two times a day, every day, for they say at least three months. 
The average person sees results after three months of consistently taking it. I did after three weeks, so I can't even imagine what I will see in three months. I'm taking liquid collagen over powder for a few reasons because this question comes up all the time. Number one, it's easier for me to incorporate this into my daily life over powder. I take two tablespoons at the same time every single day. I don't have to mix anything. It's just drinkable. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink smoothies. So I stopped using collagen peptides because it was so hard for me to incorporate that into my diet. I also learned that powder has a 30% absorption rate and liquid has a 90% absorption rate. So that really won me over. I'm linking to the collagen that I'm taking in the show notes. You get 10% off with my link plus more if you subscribe and save. It makes the most sense to do the subscription for two reasons. Number one, you need to give this three months to even know if it's going to work. So if you don't subscribe to it, then you're going to have to keep ordering after the 30 days because one order, like two bottles of it are for 30 days. I use the skin variety and I love it. It has a subtle taste of berry and it's really easy to drink. If you have any questions on this, let me know. I'm happy to answer them. And if you want to order it, you can find the link to my collagen over in the show notes. And now let's dive back into today's episode. But yeah, it was, I think at the time I was making enough income from Bunner Bakery to quit my job, but I was still so scared and I had so much student loan debt. So I kind of stayed a little bit longer because I then used all of the money I made from Barnard Bakery and just shoved it into my student loans. I was like, I'm paying these off <laughs> before I quit. So that was kind of the driving force. And then also, oh gosh, it just so happened that I quit right before the pandemic started. So I have um, no idea what, what that would have looked like for me in the workforce. I just... Yeah, that was that was crazy. I quit and then the whole world shut down. So, but it worked out because then everyone was baking banana bread <laughs> when the pandemic first started. So it like gave my business a, a boost. Well, I was just going to say like, that was actually like a very good timing for you because the pandemic is when everyone was baking and that home everyone cooking and baking. Home, yeah. Do you think that that really helped your business take off? Like, I know it's not like the most like positive thing that we all went through, but like, yeah. do you think that that really like helped more eyes get onto your content, like on Instagram, especially? I don't know. I would think it played somewhat of a role just because everyone was like searching more on Google for recipes at that time. And but this is also a time before Reels. I don't know. Was TikTok? Was it before Reels? I feel like it was sort of coinciding because TikTok was out. TikTok was getting a lot of traction. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, Instagram is just copying TikTok with their reels. What did yeah. it, it, I don't know. It had to be in that 2019, 2020 time frame. That's true. If it was, I don't think it was at the point where like people were utilizing it. Yeah. As much right. as they, like, it wasn't pushing you know your video wasn't what it was. At, it wasn't yeah. because like it was when my cookbook came out and like reels weren't that pro- like yeah, popular. No. I would, mm-hmm. like I didn't do a reel about my cookbook. So that means that reels weren't a thing. They must have come out like a few months, no, a couple to, months. You used to do live the lives, then yeah. went into your reels. Mm. Yeah, like your video feed. So true. It feels like so long ago. And they had that weird feature on Instagram for a while, where it was like Instagram TV. I yeah, think. I, I think that was still around. Yeah, and oh, then they just yeah, like yeah. completely switched it into reels. No, it's so true. Anyway, uh, I was going to say that reels, like growth comparison. I didn't, I don't know if I noticed too big of a growth from the pandemic and everyone baking compared to like what reels could do now. It's crazy. 
yeah, I've noticed like the most growth in the past like year just because of reels. So, well, your account like skyrocketed. I feel like, like, how many followers do you think you had this time a year ago? Oh, maybe like 500,000. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I'm posting and it's doing well. So, I, I was I gonna say, it's, don't overanalyze it. Just, just keep. Yeah, just ride the wave. Doing what works. Yeah. We were just, I was just talking about this this morning with one of my best friends. She's a talent manager, and she was like, she was talking about some of her talent. She's like, I don't understand. Like, they'll post twice a week, and like, they're growing so fast. Mm-hmm. And they're just, I'm like, well, all you need is like a couple viral reels. They take off, and then next thing you know, you're exploding. Yeah. And, like, and like, you're also extremely seem to be like very like, consistent. And but like how many times a week do you post? What's crazy is that uh like in the beginning, Instagram, you had to post every day. You had to. And that was like everyone told you you have to post every single day, you have to post on stories every single day, you have to be like so consistent. And now with reels, it's so crazy because I post like three times a week. Oh, that's and I'm growing more now than I did when I was posting every day. And I I think Instagram just loves consistency. Like I post every Monday. For sure, every Monday, and those are always my best videos. Yeah. So, what true. is what is like a typical day or week look like for you while you're content creating, and then all the other things that now are part of Butternut Bakery? So, I'm still mostly a one woman show. I mean, I have a, a manager and an accountant, and I have a VA who does like some like Pinterest and background stuff. But for the most part, I try to alternate my weeks. So one week, I'll solely focus on recipe testing, which is this week. And then next week is when I will shoot all the content. So I'll do the videos and the photos and I'll edit. And then I'll kind of sprinkle in the blog post writing and my computer work throughout like each week whenever I have time. I like to kind of break my weeks up apart that way because I feel like my creative brain has a hard time like switching back and forth, alternating like days doing those tasks. Hmm. So I think I, I used to do it completely different like last year and I switched it up this year and it works so much better because like I'm in the zone when I'm testing a recipe and I'm in a completely different zone when I'm filming and shooting and doing all of that creative work. So so you'll how many recipes so you don't shoot content and test it in the same day. No. No, that would. So that's Although like... I used, I used to when I was working my full time job alongside my blog because I was working on the weekends and had very limited time. So I'd like sandwich everything down and like condense everything down. But yeah, now I completely spread everything out and give everything space. So you'll have like a week dedicated to recipe testing, and then a week dedicated mm-hmm. to got wow, like the full week. Yeah, yeah. So I try to like split up like. One day, like this week, for example, I'm dedicating one day to testing a cookie recipe, one day to testing a cupcake recipe, and then one day to testing like a, I think I have a cocktail recipe. But then I give myself wiggle room in case like that one day isn't enough, so that I can like stretch out that recipe on a Monday or a Friday. But then next week, I have one dedicated day to just the chocolate chip cookies. I have one dedicated day to the cupcakes. One dedicated day to the cocktails. Wow. Like, I can't. I I know a lot of food bloggers can shoot multiple recipes in one day, and I just I can't. I don't know why. I just like it wipes me like one recipe and I'm done. So I try to like just spread everything out completely. See, and I'm like 
cramming like i'll do like oh, really? four to five reels in a day yeah yeah Ugh. and but a lot of my it. stuff is like is cooking more so than baking mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. like a perfect science and like some of my bakings like when I, sh- I just shared a pumpkin cottage cheese bread which is like modeled after my banana cottage cheese by mm. cottage cheese banana bread so like it's a very similar recipe so i like didn't like i like knew almost like pretty confidently like, this is going to turn out good because as you know right. pumpkin and mashed banana like a one-to-one you know sub from one another yeah but all like i do like monday tuesday wednesday like all day in the kitchen testing and shooting and then like thursday friday i'll like catch up on other stuff mm-hmm. but i i feel like exhausted by the yeah. end of like monday tuesday wednesday because i'm on my feet all day making all these different things and it's like the zucchini bakes in the oven but like this one's ready to get shot like i i like <laughs> it's like when you walk into the kitchen on those days it's just like <laughs> chaos. circus it's complete <laughs> and utter chaos yeah absolutely but I also feel like you probably feel less rushed because you have like one focus of the day, like for that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you have one yeah. priority, I should say, of like yeah. cookie. Yeah, because I run, I ran into burnout uh, like last year, a couple years ago. I can't remember. Yeah, where I just like couldn't even get in the kitchen and start working. Like I just, I was so tired, and it was also at a time where I was in like a comparison trap. So I was just like constantly scrolling on Instagram and like thinking like, oh, my food content isn't that good. Like blah, blah, blah. Just like negative self-talk. So yeah, that I was like, something has to change. Like I need to like slow down, enjoy the process and not be so hard on myself. And this year has been a lot better. You know, the comparison trap, I think it's the best of a lot of us. Even like Mm -hmm. if you try so hard to like not let it get to you, like everyone's guilty of like being like, oh, well, their content is so much better than mine. Like someone DM me the other day, another content creator, and she's like, what camera do you use? Like your camera looks so much better than mine. And I sent her like the iPhone I have. She's like, I have the same one too. Like grass always looks greener on the other side, girlfriend. Like I don't think it's really anything. But how did you get yourself out of that burnout funk? Like what did you do? Or like what are some practices that you started implementing to kind of like get out of that mindset. <laughs> I, did, I did hear that one. <laughs> did you hear that? Like I did hear that shit. one. <laughs> um, they're like tearing off my roof. But yeah, yeah. So it got so bad, actually. I had to seek like professional help. So I worked with oh, like wow. a naturopathic doctor. And she really like helped coach me through it. Like my anxiety was like so bad at that time. Like, and so she, she helped. She gave me like some natural supplements, which really, really help. And I still take them today. What are some um, of those supplements? Uh, the, the one that made the biggest change in my anxiety was L-theanine. I take oh, yeah. it every morning. Um, and this one supplement, it's like an adaptogen to help uh, your body cope with stress. It's called HPA Adapt, I think. I take that every day. And those two are the ones that I've like stuck with. And then she had me on some sort of like homeopathic remedy for a little bit which helped a lot, but I don't take that anymore. But it was a lot of that, a lot of um, just like slowing down. She was like, do things that bring you peace and joy. So I do like a lot of jigsaw jigsaw puzzles because I just love those. And they like quiet my mind. And like long walks and just like breath work and just, just slowing down. I think I was just like so in my mind all the time, just going, 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 going. That like changing my schedule helped so much. 
getting off my phone. I really don't scroll that much anymore. I do on TikTok, but I like actively avoid like food accounts because I'm like, I just <laughs> get me away from work. I just, I want to yeah. just laugh. <laughs> I want to see dogs and I want to see people fall down and I want to just have my peace. So yeah, I think I just had to separate myself completely. Uh, it's kind of like how you have a nine to five job and you come home, you clock out, you come home and you can separate from that. So yeah, yeah just implementing that. I think one of the biggest questions Rachel gets, and now I guess I get it as well, is like, how do you separate work from personal life? And it's interesting because like the careers that we're now focused on are all about your life and what you do. So mm-hmm. it's very it's very difficult now to find that like way to kind of break out on both of them. And it's something that yeah. I think we talk to like a lot of our podcast guests about because we're always curious how everyone handles it and deals with it. We were just talking about this, Jordan and I, yesterday. And I was telling him, I'm like, I feel as though like I try to do too many things at one time. Like, you know, we've really had a big focus on like our Amazon, the Amazon affiliate program. And Mm -hmm. it's like we're reaping the benefits of that monetarily for sure. But it's like sucking so much of my time of like focusing on that when like also focusing on recipes while also focusing on podcasts while also focusing on our all of our investments. I'm like, there's too many things going on. And I start telling like, I feel like I need to be more like niche, like within and like do one thing. But then I'm also Mm -hmm. the person who's like, don't put all your eggs in one basket, like put yourself out there in a bunch of different ways. But it leads to burnout because I almost feel as though like, you know, I tried to explain to him like on Monday, like I have certain days of the week, I'll focus on certain items. Mm -hmm. And if he asked, like Jordan does a lot of the behind the scenes for the podcast, like editing and getting episodes ready. And like, Hey, can you do an intro for me for this episode? It's on a Monday. I'm like, no, but I could do it on Thursday on the day that I'm learning now. And he's like, finally catching up. Like my brain capacity. I feel like otherwise it's just like what you were saying. Like you kind of, my brain just feels all over the place. Yeah. And I've been doing this for almost 10 years and I'm still all over the place. You have to wear so many hats and you have to be good at every single thing. <laughs> like yeah. And like, exhausting. I'm sure you could relate. It's like, I don't want to do something if I'm not going to do it well. Yeah. So like, he's like, you would like, didn't post on Pinterest for six years. I'm like, because I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not an excuse. But I'm like, if I'm not going to do something correctly, I'm not going to do it at all. Which like, it's hard. It's definitely really hard. Do you have like limit? Like, does your phone lock Instagram after a certain time? No, you know, I should probably do that. <laughs> but I should... TikTok is my issue. I don't really have too big of a problem with Instagram anymore. I never scroll TikTok. I think I'm the only person uh, who does not scroll TikTok. Yeah, good. TikTok, Stay that way. Or... That's what everyone <laughs> tells me. Crack. I swear my attention span has like shortened because of all the time I spent on TikTok. I'll be watching a movie and I'm like, I need to be scrolling on my phone right now. No, you don't, Jenna. You need to just be watching the Star movie. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, but back to like feeling you know, like you have so many things you have to do. I reached out to like a, a few of you a few weeks ago where I was like, have you hired anyone? You know, what's that process Oh, I like? remember that. Did you talk to yeah. Casey? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I was ever... Um, I reached remind out to Remind me. Yet. Remind me if, yeah. if, you, if you want to. I'll, um, she'll, she'll, ta- she'll definitely chat with you. But I was going to talk to you about that because... You might be the same way as me where it's like, I have a hard time asking for help. Like, I would just want to do everything myself because I know how it works. I know it'll get done well if I'm doing it myself. 
So I've been like kind of grappling with the idea of hiring someone to help, which would also definitely help with any sort of like potential burnout in the future. But that is like, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm interested in, in finding someone maybe next year. But that's another like tool that I kind of want to use to help with that. What I'm about to say is pretty hypocritical, but like I was pretty stubborn about hiring help until Ezra turned one, my oldest, our oldest son turned one. Mm -hmm. And then I signed with management. So I managed my own business for like six or seven years. I wouldn't even have a, I didn't even have a manager because I didn't want to give them a percentage of my business. I was so stubborn. And then a year after that, when we were about to get pregnant with our second, Jordan started, no, no, Brody was. You you were pregnant. I was already pregnant. I don't even have any birds. Then Jordan came to work with me. And he does a lot of things now. And then I'm kind of like, okay, in a year, I think we're going to have to hire somebody Mm -hmm. else to help with other facets of the business. And you're like, I would like, I'm not going to grow this brand if I don't outsource help, but I'm so stubborn about outsourcing help. Cause I'm like, well, I could just Mm -hmm. do it and then I could save the money. But I think that we could make more, like generate even more income by having somebody else successfully doing a job that we're like not maybe doing to its highest of potential. Mm-hmm. And I was telling that my esthetician, who I love and we've become so close, she has a wait list. This is like an this is a really good example for people. She my esthetician has a wait list where if you called Danielle and you're like, I want a facial, she'd be like, Well, I can't see you till February. Okay, February. It's September. Like yeah. Danielle, that's an issue. She's like, I know, but I don't want to hire anyone because I don't want them to like come and take all my secrets of my business and then like start their own practice. I'm like, yeah, but you're never going to scale your business and you're never going to grow it if you sit mm-hmm. there and do everything yourself. And I'm like, oh, I should probably take that own advice home to my own business. Like we're never going to grow if we don't outsource help. Right. And my yeah. big, well, my big thing is I value time more than money. So I've never been... I mean, you, you're you probably operating in different capacity than I am. You probably do like so, so much more. Um, but yeah, I value my time. And so like hiring someone for me would be just like to free up my own space for creativity. I've never been someone who's like, I need to grow a business. I've never been... Like when I started this, I was like, I just want a hobby that makes money. <laughs> I don't... I've never been someone who's like, it's so funny because my my husband works for a company where like the leader of the company is this huge like public speaker and he helps people grow their businesses and blah, blah, blah. And he like cornered me at one of their holiday parties and was like, Johnny, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. I'm like, ah, I just want to make cookies and like make people happy. Like, just, <laughs> he's like freaking me out. It, it's great to have that self-awareness because like something that I've been practicing and trying to learn is like, what that looks like for me and like to understand like what the ultimate goal or what I want to be doing looks like. And I guess I never really thought about that coming from like a corporate space where you kind of were just like told what to do and right. this is how you grow. So, it, I mean, this is a very different and interesting space to be in where you can ultimately decide what's most valuable to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're in the driver's seat. Like you get to like wake we wake up every day and we get to decide what our destiny is. Like within obviously there's limitations, but you get to decide like what you want to do and how you're gonna make that happen. With that being said, where do you see your brand going from here? Which like I hate when people ask me Great the question. Exactly, Rachel. But <laughs> where like where do you like in one in like a year from now, where do you see yourself doing? Like not even 10 years, like in a year from today. 
Oh man. I mean, I, I, I for sure see someone on my team helping so that I can just focus more creative, creativity, creatively <laughs> jet lag. Um, I also see myself potentially like making a cookbook. I've been, so many people are asking, do you have a cookbook? Do you have a cookbook? I'm a little scared because that takes so much time. I thought I you did. I see that. Like, you thought I had research. a cookbook? I thought you had a cookbook. Yeah. Oh, no, not yet. I'm just a little too, I'm just like a little too scared. Uh, but, but yeah, I like, I don't know. I, I hope to see myself with a lot more like time and freedom in a year while still doing what I love. Do you constantly feel like pressure to always create new content? Yes. Especially now it feels like the food space is so busy. And like, even when I was in Europe, I wasn't working obviously. And um, I would just be like scrolling at the end of the day when you're like, exhausted and you're waiting for dinner and you're like, I want to take a nap. And um, it was just like food, 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 food everywhere. And I'm like, I'm so behind. I'm not working right now. Like I need to be making content. What am I doing? And I hate that feeling. It's so hard to escape it, which again, goes back to like the whole comparison trap. That's why I like try to not scroll anymore. Um, But yeah, it's so easy to feel behind. Like you're not doing enough, which is a terrible mindset to have. I need to knock that out. But yeah, it's if you're not making like a new recipe every day, it feels like you're not doing enough, which is absolutely like to ask anyone to do that is crazy. But do you do you ever um recycle content? Sometimes, like like I'll shoot a TikTok or reel of an already existing recipe, which helps a lot. But at the same time, that still takes so much time to do. Oh no, I mean like literally recycle content, like a reel that you oh. posted last oh. September. Would you post it again? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would probably re-edit it. Um mm-hmm. but although it's kind of like it's weird for me personally, continuity-wise, because this time last year we were living in like three different Airbnbs while our house was like under construction. So every kitchen is different. <laughs> like the back of my old videos, you're probably like, where is she? But yeah, no one's yeah, paying attention to that, that like you are, I promise. Yeah. No one, yeah. No, one, no, one no one cares. You're probably right. Well, I yeah, say that to myself. We moved like two years ago and Rachel was like, oh, we can't use any old content. I'm like, yeah. Just, you could do it. But, right. right. So like with Halloween coming up, like last year I did a lot of Halloween inspired recipes. I'm like, okay, I mean, I've grown by like over 100,000 people since like followers since then like other people also probably forgot about it or didn't see it and I've Mm. posted four reels with the same voiceover as last year and when I see how well they perform like why am I creating new content (laughs) if a reel like all I did was hit download again (laughs) from the file and right I'm like this is crazy it's like I put so much (sighs) pressure yeah like I think it's good sometimes to do a mix of new content and it's like gonna be my new thing now like because if you think about it you have what like eight hundred thousand followers not all eight hundred thousand see your content on a day-to-day basis and right. someone actually sent me a message about this a few weeks ago they're like you know i love all your recipes so sometimes i miss them and i feel like i'm really behind and it's hard to get caught up if you post something new every day it's a really valid point yeah like, also like who who needs a dessert recipe every day What do you do with all the desserts? What do you do with everything? Like, do you have a lot of friends that you like? My husband takes them to work. 
So his coworkers get to eat everything. I was going to try to give cookies to the workers yesterday, but right as the batch was done and they were fresh, they were done for the day. They would have loved that. Yeah. But but yeah, most of the time during the holidays, I make like boxes for the neighbors and stuff. But Um, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, the house like started to smell like this, like cookie, like a cinnamon cookie. I'm like, I'm like, what is Rachel making? So I go downstairs and she's making a candle. And I'm like, Rachel, where did you get this candle? <laughs> candle that I spilled all over. <laughs> oh, like, no! My friend Jenna sent it to me from Butternut Bakery. It's <laughs> like, I was like, this is the most genius thing ever. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the collaboration? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so great working with them. The company's called Siblings, and it's two siblings who made this very unique candle company. I love the concept from the beginning. Because they're cutting down waste on candles. Because usually you burn a candle and you have this jar and they're like, throwing it away. What do I do with this? Yeah. And so their whole concept is you buy a vessel, just a little candle container, and then the wax comes in a bag. And you just pour the wax into the vessel, melt it down, pour it down, or pour it into the vessel. And then it becomes the candle. You burn it and then it's gone. And then you clean it out and then you put more wax in and more wax in and you just like keep recycling it. So they reached out to me and one of the owners personally followed me on Instagram for quite a few few years. And she said, we want to make a candle with you for fall. I think that'd be such, you know, a really, a really good idea for the, the best like sense of the season, you know, warm and cozy. Like that's what everyone wants their house to smell like. So... Yeah, we worked together this entire year to create a scent. Um, and we created spiced maple butter cookie. It smells so good. Fantastic. Thank you. And yeah, it was my first ever like product creation and like selling and launching. So it was totally new to me. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun. And I'm glad. I'm like, it makes me so happy when I see pictures of people who have like candle burning in their home. I'm like, oh my God, this is real. Like (laughs) people actually have this now. But yeah, they were so great to work with. A great company. And then the product and product was great. It smells amazing. I did think that some cookies were coming with it, but that's fine. Okay. (laughs) I opened it like a completely naive human. I'm like, I thought there were cookies. We had, we were going to like do some sort of like, no, it's not possible. And, and sell cook or I would like ship cookies to the yeah. first no. like 10 buyers or something. But I was like, I don't think they, the cookies no. are any good, but they're not, so. they're not going to last. They would have brought like, I don't know. I mean, people listen, people yeah. ship it. They do it, but like, it's not worth the headache. And like my right. lazy fat, like, butt can make your cookies. If I like, want, like, you know, want the cookies, I can't make cookies. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I, I just, I made your muffins, the, the like oh, little mini did? muffins. So they were like gone within like two days between me and my husband. <laughs> oh, that so makes good. me so happy. All set. We're going to hopefully do like a restock. It sold out in like three weeks. It was crazy oh fast. And hopefully we'll do a restock before the end of the year because people are like writing company, like writing, writing letters to the company, writing to go nanas. Be like, this is the only muffin my child will eat. Like I need more oh of this gosh, mix. Great. My friends are asking me, like, I would love to like just make my own mini muffins and sell them but like similar to you, I'm like oh, that just like sounds like you know a lot but people love the mix so it makes me so happy it's cool yeah, don't you like good. feel like it's like such a warm co- like cozy feeling when someone like yes. is enjoying something that you like put your heart and soul into it makes me so happy 
Well, Jenna, this was amazing. Please tell everyone where they could follow you and make some of your delicious desserts. I'm going to make one of them for the holidays. Like holiday season. Is yeah, the chocolate, the chocolate is the Matilda chocolate cake gluten-free? No, but I do have a gluten-free chocolate cake. So. It's on my list of things, actually. Did you see that on my to-do list? Is to make a gluten-free no, Matilda I, cake? I, can't look at your I don't think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make the cinnamon rolls. You got to make the gluten-free cinnamon rolls. Those are like holiday cozy warmness. I should. My mom loves... I like don't love cinnamon rolls. I might be like one of the only humans. Those, those pumpkin ones you made last year. They were good. Like I like them, but like if I'm going to put my heart and soul into something and like that's labor intensive, it's going to be... Something you want. Something, yes. No, no, no. Mm. That's not true. I made the cinnamon rolls for my mom for her birthday. What a great Whatever. Daughter. Anyways, also, <laughs> please tell everyone where they can follow you. Um, I am butterandbakeryblog.com because Butter and Bakery was taken. Um, I'm at Butter Bakery on Instagram, Butter Bakery on TikTok. I'm on Facebook, but like not really. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm looking to see what's butter.bakery.com. But anyways, Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time. We're so excited for everyone to listen to this and everyone go follow Jenna at Butter Bakery. Bakery.